It's time again. There is no escape. You are under my power. Look into the hypnotic eye and repeat after Mr. Lobo. I, as an initiated member of the Sleepless Nights of Insomnia and dedicated listener to We Talk Games, do solemnly swear to listen to the October Spooktacular, the whole October Spooktacular, and nothing but the October Spooktacular, so help me, Mr. Lobo. You may stand down. Dreaming. You're listening to the We Talk Games October Spooktacular 2016. Once again, I'm your guide to the unknown and your humble horror host, Mr. Lobo of Cinema Insomnia on OSI 74. Tonight's feature is the notorious 1988 horror movie arcade game called Splatterhouse. Here we go. Here we are. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We Talk Games' final week of uh, uh, Spooktacular. Oh, happy Halloween. Oh, is it Halloween? It's Halloween. Oh, yeah. So it is. Uh, I hope we're not Halloween. Blo- Wait, are we blowing out like Friday? I don't uh, know. Are, are we? You should check that. I'm gonna How check do I it. sound? I can't check it because we're oh, live. Fuck. Well, I'll just, I'll go lower. Then that way you're safe, maybe. Thanks to 8-Bit Geek for uh, fucking letting us ruin their show. <laughs> if you haven't heard that, go check it out. Yeah, you're loving The 8BitGeek.com. That's eight as in the number, not the word. Yeah, you don't want to go to the word. Those guys no. are gay. Well, I don't know if I'm going to co-sign yeah. what you just said. Well, all the shit we say on here, Express is not necessarily, but probably is approved by the We Talk Games Video Game Power Magazine, We Talk Games Committee for Podcast Conformity and Listener Integration, Integration. also known as WebGAC Flipglees, and also Rosenstein's Information Technology and Enriched Double Macaroni Retim. All it's macaroni. Bison. It is. You don't want it to be anything but it. So good. If anything has to smell like ass, it might as well be your ass. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's named appropriately. Today, we're going to talk about a game that Mr. Lobo already told you about. Spoiler. 1988 Namco. Hey, thanks to Mr. Lobo for coming back. Oh, fuck. Yeah, let's not forget about that. Jesus, he made the whole thing. 
Go check him out I at think, Mr. Lobo on Twitter. Yeah, and he's on Roku. He's got his own channel over there. I know. I bought the the fucking uh, DVD. I always support this guy. When he comes out with a CD, I buy a CD. When he buy comes out with a VD, I buy his VD. That's spooky. And a VD. Mr. Lobo VD. It's great. He does the, the thumping brain or, uh, or some. I can't remember the name of the program. The movie. It's a movie. Let's watch a movie. For the last time this season, turn off all the lights and let the darkness overtake you as we drift back. Back. Back in time. To a dimly lit arcade where the creeping undead want to feast on your quarters. Uh, Melanie Griffith. No. Oh, she's not in this. Okay. <laughs> I thought she was the mask that you wore. <laughs> Namco 1988, uh, White Mask Man. Now, Let's talk about The Mask for Super Nintendo. Based yeah. on the movie The Mask, starring Jim Carrey. Oh, that The Mask. I was thinking about. Yeah, the we're not 3- doing that. I was thinking about the 3D The Mask that's from like the 40s or 50s. Yeah, that's a good one. It's scary. Who cares? I don't think I've seen it. Who fuck cares about scary shit? Yeah. Let me uh, bl- briefly uh, buzz through uh, please Splatterhouse because boy, will you be surprised? Here you are, a barefoot mechanic. Yeah, because you're wearing a mechanic uh, jumpsuit. Bare, you're in your bare feet, and it, there's a scary. It's just called the house. It's just called the house. There's lightning flashing around the house. It's a big mansion, though. And you're with your girl Jennifer. Who knows why? But uh, you decide to run into this house, and boom! Don't you know it? You are dead. You got knocked out, evidently. And then the enchanted goalie hockey mask arises from the grave. Yourself does. So first you're in a cavern and uh, you can pick up a uh, two by four. Yeah. You can pick up things like a wrench. Mm-hmm. You can pick up things like a, a hatchet type yep. of uh, cleaver. Yep. Leave it to cleaver. Yeah. You're going around, you're first in the caverns. And let me tell you, a lot of mm-hmm. guts happening. Splooshing. A lot of splooshing. Yeah. And in fact, there isn't a good sploosh on the home consoles until you get to Splatterhouse 3 for the Genesis. And... Splatterhouse 3 for the Genesis has a lot of branching pathways, more Castlevania-esque. However, your character, they really tried to get rendery with this guy. Whereas if you look at the Namco fella, Mm -hmm. uh, all through 1 through (laughs) 2 until 3, he's kind of drawn pretty shittily. Uh, He's he's just a a big hunky Very Jason Voorhees. He's always sort of like got a load in his diaper and stuff like that. But yeah, hey, what are you going to do? But it's all this shit is mostly chest busters and ghosts <laughs> and, <laughs> and a lot of splatter. So the splatter noise was known that it didn't make its way to the PC engine or the TurboGrafx. TurboGrafx, of course, they give him a red mask. But right. I got to tell you, the PC engine version, uh, it is the arcade version. A lot faster. Lot oh, is more. that so? Yeah, and and the cutscenes, which is just a picture, are are different. They actually change more than the arcade version. I also have the version for the um, FM Towns. FM Towns. Now that's arcade, close to arcade perfect, it's, or is arcade? It's perfect, supposed right? to be arcade perfect, but of course, 
uh, you know, I have the all-in-one version. I no longer have a Marty. So I can't tell you if the splooshes sound really good because it's mm-hmm. out of a, a tiny, you know, the original FM Towns looked like the all-in-one Mac color yeah. classics and regular Mac. Uh, right. 84 businesses yeah it had a keyboard i don't know how much of a computer it was but oh, they made it? it look like a computer oh no 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 it had a gui interface you had to load it off oh, the did C- it? yeah you had to load it off the cd oh okay. and as a matter of fact all the games i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about no then. it's okay but the keyboard's all in japanese so good luck uh, okay and gotcha. it's like got it's got like 500 keys on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh but you needed it for the flight sim so it's hard to get that. It's hard to get the mouse. Were you able to do a grocery list or check your stock portfolio on you it? Could probably do some of that shit. You could write letters in Japanese, but <laughs> every one of the games would have an actual OS for the system on it before it would hit the the game itself. Most of that you wouldn't see. So here we go. You're going through. Oh boy! Don't you worry. The worst part about Splatterhouse, I think, is learning the jumping slide kick, which is his most important move to use, is this thing where you jump up, but you have to jump forward, and there's like two types of forward jump. There's an up jump, an up long jump, but you have to do this one type of jump forward, and then you push down, and then you slide and that really, uh, really inflicts a lot of damage, but very difficult move to do. That's one thing I don't care about in, uh, in Splatterhouse, but it's great. And you do splatter a lot of things. And always when you fight an end level boss in the original Splatterhouse game, you're always going to watch out because you'll get a jump scare final boss. It might just even be the same like chest busters that you've been fighting that entire boss level. But it'll be after everything's calmed down and then boom, you come on and if you get hit by it, you get hurt. So your heart start going down. So watch out for those jump scares. Second stage, a bit different type of cavern. First stage was a cavern. This is a different type of cavern, and you hit the sewer and the water levels. And uh, Spike the Hedgehog is floating around. And water monsters. And they sploosh very well as well. Not the Spike. Spikes you can't, you gotta jump over. But the swamp monsters, they sploosh very well. Uh, then it's the possessed room where you fight knives, which is. Yes! That's my favorite part of Splatterhouse. <laughs> when I fought, started fighting silverware, I was yeah. like, this game is for me. That's when it's getting real. <laughs> yeah, man. So you fight a chair and some knives, and then uh, finally you're waiting for this eyeball painting that's in back of you. You're just waiting for that to fly at you. It finally does, and yeah. then watch out for the jump scare at the end because you'll never guess what happens, although you've been waiting for it the entire You poop week. your pants. Yeah, you poop. Well, it looks like you pooped the whole time. Then you're out in the woods, and there's bridges, and then this is where you first encounter the shotgun, which is oh, yeah. the most satisfying yes. weapon to pick up. And, and short-lived. And short-lived, yeah. You only get regular shotgun, I guess, amounts. What is it, like seven or eight? You know, whatever shotguns take. You can tell we're both card-carrying members <laughs> of the NRA. <laughs> Yeah. You know, shotguns have 20 bullets <laughs> in them. Well, usually you have two in a barrel. Yeah. If it's a if it's a two a double gauge shotgun. One in the stink. Wait, what? <laughs> 
and uh, but but, but it, it all depends. And then you have uh, you're normally like a little gauntlet that hooks onto the the gimmick, which only carries maybe a half dozen. Right, but and you got to light the black powder at the you top. You do, you right. do. You use your cotton. Uh, you stuff fucking, the musket yeah. ball in there. Mm, indeed. It's going to be Trump's America pretty soon, so you better learn yeah. how to fire a gun. But that's the problem when you do these uh, pump actions. When you pump action a rifle or anything else, that's when the casein flies out of your yes. bullet. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 maybe you have to prime it first once, but every time these people are just cuck, 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 cuck. Yes. yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, nothing there. I don't know. I guess that's what happens when you just load your gun with blanks. But it looks so cool, Wiggly. <laughs> yeah. This is the, speaking of cool, this is the coolest boss that you fight after you get the shotgun, which is the double chainsaw arm skinned man. He's a giant. Yeah, he's and he gross. has a bag on his head, and I love it. Most of these people are decomposing that you're going to mm-hmm. be fighting. Now you're in, of course, Mr. Lobo's favorite type of horror area. A hallway. <laughs> <laughs> and you fight a bunch of gross meat and then uh, chest busters. And then now you're in a basement and it's a trap door type of scenario with the basement. You can try to jump over these things, but then you fall in and then it's fighting things. I got to say, you know, a lot of people would think that the biggest influence on this game would be Friday the 13th. Yeah. Because the Jason Voorhees comparison. Obviously. But the, there is a lot of chest busting happening. <laughs> There's a big alien influence in this game. Texas Chainsaw Massacre and actually It things. hits a lot of horror tropes. Yeah. It's very Halloween-y. It's a perfect pick for our final week of Spooktacular. And, you know, 1988 was just full. I mean, this is when horror games peaked in the minds of Namco for this one game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then you're in the wonderful hallway of mirrors. That is great. That was always one of my funnest things. And you know, that, that even gave me a couple scares when when the mirror would finally be a mirror that you're not just looking into. Done very well on the turbo graphics. Mm. Then you go into the church and I always, you know, freak out about the church that the upside down crosses and in it with the heads right. floating around it. So then that happens. And there's I don't We're even think there's afraid really. of the Christian iconography. On the arcade, yes. although many of the ports, they would change that up as well, mm-hmm. as they did with Castlevania. Then it's into the very scary library where you fight more evil chairs. Yeah. Now you have uh, crawling arms and floating alien heads after you punt their body off, their alien head starts coming at you. You'll find out while we're going through some of this and, and everything. Wait till you see the surprise. Oh, man. It's we a got twist. a trick and a treat for you. We do. Then more, more water porcupines. Now you're in a meat room that's made of purples. Then you go into a meat room that's red. And then you fight this skull scarecrow type of guy who's, who's pretty neat. Oh, and he says, I And he keeps saying, I Now you go in a meat room and Jennifer's in there. She says, help me, help me, help me. And then she turns into this awesome monster and then you're you know, fucking killing her. And then she turns back into Jennifer and she goes, help me, help me, help me. And then she turns back into the, uh, the metal Luna mutant Wolverine snicked, snicked. And then you, you keep bashing the shit out of her. And then she turns Did back. Did we mention and, the guy's name is Rick and his oh, girlfriend's is name is Jennifer? Yeah. No, I, I, I only know her name. You play as Rick, AKA Jason Voorhees knockoff, or as, as Mr. Lobo would say, store <laughs> brand Jason Voorhees. Indeed. And, uh, you're trying to rescue your girlfriend, Jennifer. 
Yeah, Jennifer I knew because when he goes back for Splatterhouse 2, it's talking about Jennifer and how Golden right. Mask guy is sad about her. Yeah, Jenny, Rick. don't lose that number. Yeah, you, know, you don't. So then uh, she turns, he, um, the monster turns back into uh, Jennifer, and mm-hmm. then uh, Rick grabs her in, in his arms, and she turns into a ghost. She's dead. Yeah. Stage six, you fight some more alien intestines with gas bubbles. It's, it's a- my understanding that this is the death of the womb boss where you fight an embryotic sort of gross thing oh i thought you were fighting a hernia that that works too (laughs) whatever i'll go with that yeah and then you get it then i'm fighting one right now (laughs) you get an intestinal hemorrhage (laughs) yeah it's pretty gross and then stage seven is your last seven is is your last it's your last seven stage seven yeah sure stage seven is the last stage well first you fight some burning logs and then a great Decompose boss photo op happens right here. It's a mm. giant face with giant arms. And if you see any snapshot, moment. Yeah, if you see any still shots of this game, that's where you're gonna see these screen high face and two screen arms almost. So that happens. And then Finn. When you beat yeah, that. We're done. So uh we're not doing haikus this week. We'll no. see you next week. Yeah, bye. As soon as you kill that last photo op boss. You are silhouetted by the burning house in back of you, and boinga, your mask explodes off of your face, and now you are alone all by yourself. Yeah. So sad. <laughs> the love of your life is dead. But then again, you couldn't come back to Splatterhouse too because what happens? Fade to black, and then ha ha ha, the mask flies back together, and don't what? you? Know? <laughs> That's what happens there. Real quick, while we're on the. Splatterhouse, side-scrolling, brawling, arcade. Overall, the biggest thing of note for this game would definitely be the art direction as far as the choice for the splattering and splooshing and the the enemies. I know you talked about the sprite looking kind of like he pooped his pants, and he does look kind of dumpy. Yeah. But the violence of the game, I guess, or the choices of, you know, hammering a guy against the wall with a two-by-four is what makes this game of note. Otherwise, it's a pretty standard brawler. It's a left-to-right or right-to-left sometimes, and maybe there's a ladder. And aside from the jump scares, there's nothing really of note, per se, with the stages. There's no, like, destructible environments or anything like that. Like, the boss battles are cool with the little jump scares, but overall, this game is, if you take away the Halloween-y or the um, slasher aesthetic, just look at the base of the gameplay, it's a comparable brawler. It's certainly not one of the best mechanically that we've played. I think the name sums it up the best, Splatterhouse. You're going to a house and you're splattering things, and that's what it excels at. Much like the films that it's emulating. Sure, sure. And that's really what you're doing. You're going through some supernatural shit, and you're splattering it with different types of weapons. Right. And that's satisfying. Not until we would get the battle toads where you could kick things towards the screen or back, yeah. back of the screen and stuff like that. This happened way before that in, in 88, except that when the guys hit the back of the screen, they turned into goop. Yes. They were Lugu men. Now let's go to Mr. Lobo to sum up what I just said in 20 minutes, and he'll do it in three minutes. When the worst storm in a hundred years rages, two college students, Rick and Jennifer, head east to take refuge in West Mansion, a place the locals call 
Splatter House. But they also called the public restroom at the gas station Splatter House, so they didn't think much of it. Dr. West conducted hideous experiments there, despite numerous threats from the Lovecraft estate. The door slams behind them. Jennifer screams as she fears she may be stuck in golly ghosts. Rick awakens in a dungeon and prays he's not stuck in chiller. A mystical mask attaches to his face and he starts doing Jim Carrey impressions as he transforms into a hideously deformed mutant of superhuman size and strength. Rick goes on a rampage through the mansion grounds and kills the bizarre night creatures that dwell there. When he finds Jennifer, she also transforms into a fanged monster and attempts to kill him while begging for his help, just like a woman. He's forced to kill his girlfriend, who thanks him as she dies. Rick enters a giant bloody gash in the floor that leads to the mansion's womb to fight its monster fetuses. Just like at a Gallagher show or a showing of Evil Dead the Musical, get under your splatter zone plastic tarp and get ready for a messy night. Can your shattered nerves stand the strain of Splatter House? Thanks, Mr. Lobo. The next spooktacular, you will be doing the entire show. <laughs> the shows will just be five minutes long. Sounds good. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> it gives us a break. Yeah. We won't have to scramble to the microphone last minute. Ready for the surprise? I am. We're not going to review Splatterhouse. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> for I the first time. My son. Oh, no. <laughs> for the first time ever, we're actually going to review a console game. Well, as you know, with We Talk Games tradition, when our show release coincides with Halloween, we actually have to talk about a game that did not appear in the arcade. And this has been a tradition since the inception of We Talk Games. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's why we're finally doing Mario's Hotel. Yes. We've been promising it. It's in the song. Yeah. We decided that we, well, I decided I would rather review Naughty Graffiti, which <laughs> you got me on that one. Naughty Graffiti Splatterhouse. Splatterhouse one Paku Graffiti. Right. Yeah. It's a Japanese-only release, and you can play this on an emulator or import it from Japan and pay $195 for it or something Suckers. like that. Suckers. And this is actually the first sequel to the Splatterhouse uh, that is correct. first game. And uh, when did this come out? A year later? Just a year later, 1989. Okay. So It actually came out exclusively in Japan and never had a stateside release and it came right. out for the Famicom. Exactly. And I had played this a while ago and I, I really dug it. I hadn't played it in quite a long time because I was just so in the Splatterhouse. I mean, I played Splatterhouse. One, two, three, nine. Before we get too deep into the Splatterhouse and the naughty graffiti of it all, this is one of those Namcot titles. Right, right, true. So I thought, oh, did Data East help with this game? The answer is no. It was actually a company called Now Production. Evidently, Namcot has absolutely nothing to do with Data East. It was just the name Namco used to release games onto the Nintendo when they worked 
with another company. Isn't so it that T at the end isn't even for Data East. Oh, I like our story better. I like our story as well, but I did, I did some digging because I'm like, oh, is Data East involved in this? And they weren't. It was just any time Namco would release a game for the console that they worked with another company with, it would be called Namcot. I see. Yeah, strange. The spooky. It is very scary. <laughs> very scary. What so Splatterhouse, Naughty Graffiti. Yeah. Let's no talk graffiti, about this. not really naughty. <laughs> yeah, where was all the fucking graffiti? This game is a chibi version of Splatterhouse. You are a chibi character. And what's odd, yes. uh, before we get into not necessarily making mechanics, but I wanted to just talk about other, because the making mechanics is fucking Splatterhouse. <laughs> except <laughs> really? That, <laughs> really? Except uh, we actually did review Splatterhouse. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to probably go an hour show with it, you know, how we go. Uh, hey, man, it's Halloween. It is. This is our final episode of, of Spooktacular. And it is of We Talk Games. We're, of, we're done we're after done this. For, Thank you for your donations. They weren't enough. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. By the way, we are on, uh, you could tell Siri, play We Talk Games. I yes, listen we're to on TuneIn. So yeah, call sense. over to your Amazon Echo and say, Alexa, Play We Talk Games program. Exactly. And she'll say, What's that? I, I'm sorry, Alexa's talking in the background because I just <laughs> prompted Alexa. Alexa, turn off. Sorry, I'm having trouble understanding. Hey, just leave her alone. <laughs> in the past, if you were to ask Alexa to play our game, uh, she, she would play Video Game Revolution instead. That's it. So go listen yeah. to them. They suck. No, don't. Yeah. We're going to mention a couple other of the chibi incarnations of yeah. our favorite titles. Some of the chibis were very good. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like Namcot kicked this off because um, Splatterhouse, Naughty Graffiti happened in 1989. The very next game that you and I both played, which is similar in the Halloween aesthetic, would be Kid Dracula. Right. And this um, is what I was hoping when John and, and Sean did the Castlevania, uh, was Haunted Castle for the arcade? Correct. I think Haunted Castle is a terrible game. It's <laughs> horrible. I beat it. They had trouble getting past the wall, which I'll <laughs> tell you is a shitter. That if you don't know what to do, it, yeah, it's impossible. Right. But you can turn it on the three continues. But let me tell you, trying to get through the game with three continues... And yeah. then starting over after your last continue, it's, it's, it's terrible. But there is no infinite continues on that. It is a rough game to get through. So I was hoping that they were going to steer it towards other Castlevania, which is fine. I love the show. Uh, but I was hoping they might go to Kid Dracula because that, I think, was a good not Castlevania version as much as Haunted Castle was not really a Castlevania version, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, Kid Dracula came out for the Nintendo. Uh, again, it was another Japanese exclusive for the Famicom in 1990. And much like Splatterhouse Naughty Graffiti, where Namco took the Splatterhouse game and steered it away from being a brawler and oriented it more towards being a platformer, Kid Dracula was this super deformed chibi character game where you played as Kid Dracula, obviously, in a Castlevania-type setting, but instead of being like a Castlevania platformer, it was kind of like a Mega Man game. Yeah. Which was interesting that they played with the mechanics on both games. That game would really benefit from a four-button controller. Kid Dracula? Yeah. 
or yeah, something where you that. could click because you have different types of magics and you have to switch to these magics by using the select button. Now, I played the Game Boy version because I like that version better because your characters are a lot larger mm. as compared to seeing more of the screen on the uh, Famicom version, on the Game oh, Boy yeah. version. I, I wanted to touch it's on nice that. It, it, it's not like the... Kunyanku games, the the dodgeball, super dodgeball, or or the River City Ransom chippy mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. These are very big sprites, especially for the Nintendo. Yeah, they're huge on the screen. Both games do a good job of implementing those sprites with interesting backgrounds, using the limited color options that they had with the hardware. And it doesn't feel sluggish or broken in any sort of way with both games. Neither the Kid Dracula nor the Naughty Graffiti, they don't seem forced. They don't seem like a parody. It seems sure. like this is really what they wanted to do. It's its own game. It's not Okay, sure. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah. Like Sid of Valis is more just like a Valis game. I don't recall everything about it, but it is pretty much like the same level layouts and everything else like that. I sure. was big into the Valis series, but I haven't played Sid of Valis for a long time. When did that come out? That was Genesis. That was Genesis. That was 1992. Okay. It was called Sid of Valis in the States. It's actually SD Valis in Japan because oh, of yeah, Super Deformed. Super Deformed. Mm-hmm. And SD Valis came out in 1989 for the MSX TurboGrafx-16, but it came over here on the Sega in 1992. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we had Kid Dracula, we had uh, that. Yep. Well, what about Mighty Final Fight? Mighty Final Fight by Capcom came out in 1993, a very late release for the Nintendo. And again, big sprites, good use of the hardware. Of course, 1993, Capcom's benefiting from uh, outputting seven fucking Mega Man games at that point on the Nintendo, and also being very aware of what the capabilities were for the hardware. And it probably used like an MM3 or an MM5 additional chip in there as well. Sure. And this game's sprites aren't as big as Splatterhouse Naughty Graffiti or as Kid Dracula, but they are definitely larger than your River City Ransom characters. This game plays more along the lines of how the arcade game played as far as they didn't mess with the mechanics too much. It's still very much a brawler. There is experience and things like that, but it feels very similar. It's just with a different SD or chibi character aesthetic. Yeah, you're right. I I completely forgot. That is the same game sort of reskinned. Right. Now, I I know that there was some type of Street Fighter. Now, it might have been an independent or I don't know what or prototype but somebody, You're not thinking of that Street Fighter 2020 game, are you? No, 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 no. Okay. Somebody made the real Street Fighter 2 for the NES, but it might have been a prototype, and it, you know, it might have been. Something. You know, early '90s, this SD gimmick was very popular on consoles with different things. Like I remember for the original Game Boy, the Battle Arena Toshinden game, oh, which yeah. I talked about in the past, was this sort of aesthetic where yeah. it was chibi SD characters. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking about the game.com that did yeah. Virtua Fighter. <laughs> that was completely different. That's not, that wasn't chibi. But yeah, all of the uh, Neo Geo pocket games were reimagining King of Fighters and that yes. beautifully redone graphics for that. Yeah, but I, I forgot about Toshinden coming out for the Game Boy. So let's talk a little bit about Naughty Graffiti. Okay, if you want to. Now, see, now, I, I don't know why you didn't care for this, but what happens here is it starts in a graveyard. 
Yes. And there's lightning happening. And uh, I'm assuming it's Jennifer. She's back alive somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's crying by this gravesite, and the tomb gets hit oh, by lightning. The tomb of number 13. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the, the people buried there. Yeah, it's 12, 13, and 14 maybe. Or yes. Somewhere, something like that. 14, 13, 12, yep. Okay. So here comes Rick. He's got his mask on already, and he comes out of there, and then they hug each other. It's cute. Adorable. It is adorable. And then... Uh-oh, who comes out of 14? Yep. So here you get to see the boss in advance, which is something unique to this. And this ties more into like the Arthur, Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts type of thing. And it's a giant pumpkin head that's laughing that swoops down and steals Jennifer up. And now you got to go find her. In this title, unlike just the house being there, this is a yeah. full-fledged action platformer where you're going up and left and right and down and all around and so forth and so on so you go through all different types of places um i like you start walking through the graveyard and bottom half says this is where you will be buried well wait a minute i was just buried there right (laughs) so there's a lot of funny cutscenes. there's one well, the, the second between- stage, it says, you will be garbage of cesspool. <laughs> does that, was, that mean I'll, my favorite. I'll be poop? What does that mean? You'll be garbage of it. Uh, yeah, I you know, You're going to have a cesspool, and then you will be garbage of that. Because I'll tell you what, nothing more garbage like than a person. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. I didn't write down anything for this game. I'm going to just well, try to go off memory. I know well, you didn't care for the it. the game and the, the levels is that they touch more on the horror tropes. So you have the haunted house. You have the graveyard. You have Diamond Lake instead of Crystal Lake from Friday the 13th. Mm. You're walking along the docks. It's all of the enemies, not all of them, but a lot of the enemies from the arcade game reimagined in this SD style. They're all adorable. Mm-hmm. But much like the arcade game, for me... While I was playing this game, the only thing of note about it was the art style. Hmm. The art style was very cool. I liked the cutesy characters. I felt that the mechanics of the game were pretty lackluster. Hmm. For me, and I know you're not going to appreciate me saying this, but for me, this felt very much like a bonk game. Where <laughs> bonk, bonk to me is a very good looking game you don't know how to play bonk it's a very attractive looking game let's put that away let's put that to rest you don't know how to play bonk but the level design and the mechanics of the game are just sort of blah you're so wrong about bonk i one day you'll come over and we'll play bonk 2 for the pc engine and you will see how to number one you'll see how to play bonk and number two you'll see why it is way better than mario i appreciate bonk for the art style mario sucks donkey dong but it can't hold mario's jockstrap when it comes to level design it can and not only can it but the dinosaurs would take a shit on both mario (laughs) luigi and princess peach so for me splatterhouse naughty graffiti felt very similar where the sprite was kind of clunky to control he didn't snap very well to the platforms. Mm-hmm. It was very loose. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the forest stage where there were stumps. Some of the stumps were broken off very ruggedly. Others were smooth. 
I could jump onto the rugged stumps at a very specific area, but if I tapped over just to the right, I got hurt by the spikes. You're not supposed to jump on those stumps. So while it looked very pretty, it didn't play very well. Hmm. I'd like to comment on the music, but unfortunately, all I heard the entire game was... Oh, that's that's unusual because... I love the music in this game. I like the music too. I just couldn't hear it over my slashing axe uh. going. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you ought to fucking calm down on mashing on a button. <laughs> I was using the turbo button. Oh, um, okay. Well, I just, let I, me, I, again, I'm, it's, it, the game's very comparable. It's very difficult. Yeah, um, it is hard. It's there's, a challenging game. And a, I'm not knocking it for its challenge. Yeah. I'm just saying, especially when it comes to platforming, platforming for me at least has to be very tight when you're playing like that's why i like mario mario uh, super mario brothers when you compare it to something like bonk worst game ever super mario brothers by the way but the thing is you can fly through those levels because it controls real tight and that's why people are doing speed runs of that game and not bonk's adventure or splatterhouse i'm sure people are doing speed runs but it's not as popular as those other games because the platforming is just not as tight or sharp as you know a mario game is yeah sorry as your little chibi splatterhouse guy rick he he, rick he always carries a, a machete Yes. Uh, not a machete, a... Uh, uh, yeah, cleaver. Yep. Butcher cleaver, yeah. And, boy, you finally find the shotgun. And oh, my gosh. So once satisfying again, when you get that. Best pickup in there. And that, those are the only two pickups, but you always have your axe. You're not just... Uh, there's no time where you're just punching. Uh, I'm going to say axe, but it's, yeah, cleaver. <laughs> yeah, but the shotgun is awesome because it kicks your ass back, man. Yep, yep. And it'll kick you off a platform, so it's a lot of strategy in there. Ooh, now, uh, so will enemies, by the way. Pro player tip, watch hmm. out. You got the Castlevania effect happening where right. if you get hit in the air by an enemy, it'll push you back, and you will drop like a sack of potatoes. You will. You can steer yourself when a, there's a portion where you're getting attacked by a lot of bats, and sometimes one of the bats will pick you up. And it'll take you to the top of the screen. And when you're up there and it lets you go, you can actually glide to one side or the other. And that actually helped me get through the game a little bit. That that happened more towards the end. The other thing I'll say about it, yes, it is very loose. But, see, I own a Toyota. And and the, the slogan of Toyota is, Toyota, moving you forward even when you want to stop. (laughs) so that's why i'm okay with how slidey he is yeah Yeah, he is a little slidey and there's one boss in particular that you're going to have a really hard time to get past and some of these bosses take a long time to defeat but these bosses are very defined like you do fight a wolf man you do fight scary things now it does suffer from repetition of these swamp monsters. There's yeah, a lot the of things that are repetitive. And the same goes for the original Splatterhouse. The most challenging boss initially will be the second stage. You fight this giant hamster that comes out of this sewer pipe. But there's this wind blowing. So mm. it's kicking out some tiny baby hamsters at you that you have to keep hitting. And you'll get kicked all the way to the left of the screen and you're going to think I just have to keep killing these things no you have to just hit the main giant green thing once I thought I don't know I thought it was a frog or something else but evidently it's a hamster it is lime green I mean that's kind of well because it's a ghost 
Yeah. Ghost. So you have to make your way up to it, and that's pretty difficult because the closer you get, as it's sending out this one and then two hamsters in a row, then one and then two hamsters in a row, you have to keep hitting just in the right way. If you keep hammering on it, you're just going to keep falling back. So you can't just go, you have to, and when one comes at you, and when another comes at you. <laughs> but you only have to hit the end boss one. So I wasn't able to make it through that with uh, without too much trouble in my second try. I think you only get three or four continues or maybe five, but then you start the game over again. So, yeah. but there are passwords. There are passwords. Yep. There's no other real codes other than the passwords. Like there's no, I looked to see, oh, well, maybe I can get an infinite, you know, an infinite life or, or invincibility code. Nope. There's just the stages. So right. good luck if you're going to play this. And I think mm-hmm. you should, despite the things I said about it, it's definitely great to play during this time of year. It's definitely the Halloween-y type game. And, you know, I'm looking at this game in 2016. If I looked at this game in the early 90s, I'd be shocked by it. And it would probably leave a a bigger impact on me. Here's a Nintendo game that has religious Christian iconography, is not afraid to have these sort of boss battles where I believe like five of them involve you attacking a woman whether it be possessed <laughs> right. or, or otherwise yeah the exorcist girl with her head flying around and then you yep. fight chairs in there i love that the girl that ha- keeps having the the face huggers coming out of her chest yeah oh i hate those face huggers it took forever that boss. Good Lord. oh yeah it does but yeah. um there's a lot in this game that's fun mm-hmm. and a lot of it is tied back to the art direction and the decisions that they they made it's just it's very challenging and it's very loose so you get frustrated because you're trying to jump onto that platform you're trying to turn around and hit the bat that's swooping oh, at you like yeah. a goddamn medusa head from castlevania yeah and you're gonna die a lot yeah yeah i i agree i agree and there's really no set place to be in order to hit it just right sometimes you do and sometimes you don't but i gotta right. tell you this the thing that sold me on it right away First boss, Disco Dracula, doing Yo, the, thriller, the dance. thriller dance. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. T- I liked took that. forever for him to finish dancing, but that's what I mean. He wanted to fucking dance, and he did. Yeah, and you can't hit him. No, so don't waste your time trying to hit him. Just kill the green guys, and then eventually they uh, he gives up or he, he leaves. I guess you never just, see him again. Just goes down his platform. He's done. See you later. Gonna go take a nap. What was the other one, boss, I really dug? Yeah, you do go in a church. I like that. Yeah, that was a cool scene. And then there was the Star of David with a cross in the middle of it when you got to the (laughs) altar. All that was kept in. in, That was uh, the the one, boss, that I found a sweet spot. And I don't know if it was just by luck, but I was in the center of this Star of David pentagram. And I moved over to the left. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wizard was throwing around these, I don't know what they were. They were like some sort of bird or hawk or something or Mm -hmm. bats that have this cool sort of rainbow effect. Yeah. Like he's, they're from another dimension or something or they're specters or or phantoms or something like this. Uh, I was able to hit them while standing in that circle. And then the wizard eventually turns into this uh, ram. The beast. The beast with six backs, and uh, he only had one back. But he turns into that beast, and then I was able to just stay still and 
hold the turbo button and the wizard never hit me and I was able to kill him. That was the easiest boss battle. It was easy, but it was cool that that's what he turned into. I thought that was really neat. Not only are people parishioners there praying and uh, as you're trying to fight monsters to get to that altar. And I misspoke. This this one was not released in the United States. But I think it was because the whole beginning's like in English and stuff. What a great twist ending. I'll tell you Yes. That. I think that was just as good as back in the day when you found out that Metroid was Mrs. Metroid. Samus, correct. Oh, a female yes. underneath the hood. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, Mrs. Metroid, Star Trek Enterprise Wars. Right. Anything uh, else of interest that was uh, that happened? There's a lot of nods to different horror films, more so than the arcade. And if you can stick with the game long enough, I found those to be relatively rewarding. One uh, boss battle that I thought was really cool, even though I didn't enjoy the mechanics of the boss battle, was the setup to the fly. Oh, that's right. The Brundle fly. Right. Like I said, I appreciate the choices that this game made more than the arcade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But- it's just challenging, and it it's not it's not tight. If it was a little bit tighter, I think this would be one of my favorite games. Completely um, forgot it's about. It's definitely yeah. one of my favorite Halloween games. I think yeah. this is a game worth visiting each year for uh, for Halloween. There's Jaws too. Oh, uh, jo- yeah, pink or purple Jaws. Yeah, purple Jaws. <laughs> you can only jump over him, so don't try to hit him. And uh, yeah. he's hard jumpings as well. Let's go to Stinky now. Yeah, he's going to give 110 tips on what to do with a jack-o'-lantern after Halloween. This should be a a treat. Hey, Stinky the Game Master here. I heard what you said, Kyle, big dummy. I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, I got other shit going on. All right. uh, First of all, I just want to make sure that everybody knows about my political campaign. A lot of people aren't out there voting for me. A bunch of big dum-dums. You know, I have a hard time getting around to to different people's towns, and they're like, why why, why don't you come to my town? I don't know how to read all these bus schedules, you know? know? Why don't you fly, Stink? Oh, 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 no, I don't don't fly. I, I don't even like being this tall. Like, we should talk. We rented a car from an airport <laughs> to drive true. to Ottumwa. That's true. Eh. I can't really afford to have a lot of people out there with my signage when people go in to vote. So what I was thinking about doing was uh, only finding five places across the United States of America. And what I was going to do is get five people to hold signs that are eight and a half by eleven. Eight and a half hundred feet by 1100 feet on both sides and then people can see it from different towns it's a brilliant idea thank you can you print those up for me kyle oh sure after you call me dum dum no problem all right great now on to your tits and trips for halloweeny okay first of all why don't you have your costume for halloween because you're a dope and you don't have any money oh easy <laughs> first you get a typewriter and then you uh just type up a screenplay Uh Simple. Now you carry the script around and uh, you just keep staring at it and you keep mumbling to yourself. And listen, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter how you do your hair up. It doesn't matter any of that. Just keep staring and mumbling at the screenplay that you just wrote up. Boom. Whammo. 
cattle call movie extra. <laughs> Very good. Walking around, sailing on a boat of your own tears. Because you'll never make it as a real actor. I, I gotcha. And, and when they tell you to call you back, <laughs> fool you once, shame on me twice, and fool, you ain't get, you won't fool me again. That was very presidential of you. Yeah, see, I'm ready to be president. Okay, here's Mr. Lobo. This is Mr. Lobo, and you're listening to the We Talk Games October Spooktacular. Week five, Splatterhouse. Five times the flavor, er, terror. So all we left really was to spoil the ending for you. Should we? We should. You finally find your girlfriend, you defeat the end boss, which was... What was the end boss in this? A hamburger? Oh, you do no, find it was ha- that pumpkin king. Oh, dude. yeah, that's right. So you're fighting the pumpkin king. Fight and the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I, I liked fighting the pumpkin king. And did I mention that you go in lots of different houses? I went into... Did you go to Egypt... Because there's different ways to go. Like sometimes the Ku Klux Klan guy will <laughs> yeah. force you into a skull elevator. Uh, but I just sort of followed after him slowly so he didn't capture me. And then I went to Egypt. He- yeah, he at the final stage is very difficult. And uh, he always grabs me and threw me in the skull elevator. Uh- all you gotta Jack. do is chill out and, and stop running around like a maniac. If you just well, walk you know, slow. I just I was hammering on that right button and had that <laughs> thought you that, could oh, chop them up. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Grand Wizard. Yeah. yeah, there, there's actually uh, wait, there's a place that you could go in Japan and they give you an orb, and then the Cleopatra. You think you're gonna fight her, but instead you have to wait through a nine minute musical of her doing nothing except them flicking the lights on and off and then she gives you an orb and i have no idea what these orbs do they alter the ending oh so, so like, if you collect both you get to see the true ending oh which it sounds like you saw oh okay i just got some still shots after the the reveal and what mm-hmm. happens is you find your girlfriend mm-hmm. and all of a sudden lights come up yep and you're on like this scaffold with some spots on you and a director yells cut yeah jack skeleton comes out (laughs) oh yeah he's a really weird looking dude yeah and he goes that was some damn fine acting this will be a great movie nice job yeah so it was a movie of splatterhouse so that i thought that was just brilliant i loved it and at the end of this uh, the actor playing Rick throws off his mask, leaves it there on the grounds of the set. They're not even going to strike the set for some reason. They're going <laughs> to leave that for the next day. They're going to craft services. They're going to get a salami sandwich. And all of a sudden, don't you know, the mask, ha, 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 he starts flying around. He's got a smiley face on him, and he starts shaking all the shit around the set. So, wah, <laughs> It does a movie reel of all the credits. Either you get stuck on it just saying Splatterhouse at the end, or you can see those two little extra scenes. I guess that's what I opened up with the orb. One that said you're living happily ever after, and another one that says everything was cool until... Ellipses, ellipses, ellipses. 
Check this out if you can. Uh, you should be able to find it just by typing in Splatterhouse NES because yeah. that's the only Splatterhouse game that came out for the NES. And then uh, when it's not spectacular, check out some of the other chibi games and uh, have, a, have a good time with that, especially Kid Dracula. Yeah, I, that's a lot of fun. That's a good, I like that game more. It's a good title. Oh, yeah. 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 There's no doubt about it. It's, it's, a, it's a more polished title. But by the same token, Splatterhouse is a great franchise. You don't hear a lot about it from Namco, although they're very invested in it because they even brought it out for like the 360 and things like this. So it continues today in the 3D world. You know, the mask has become a skull and different types right. of things like this. However... You know, maintain the same type of theme and uh, so seeing it as a chibi version and then with the, the neat little twist at the end. I'm still in love with it. I don't play a lot of NES games. <laughs> I always mentioned that I had Trojan and Predator, but I never mentioned that I also had Jaws. <laughs> so that's why I thought the NES was great and sold it for three Neo Geo. <laughs> Yeah, but going back to the NES after I sold it and after I played a lot of $200 Neo Geo games and every single one of the TurboGrafx games that came out, John Madden and Magical Dinosaur Tour and all that, I finally went back and appreciated some of the NES titles. I'll tell you, as I was playing the game, I was looking at the game. I'm like, this game wants more colors on the screen. Oh, yeah. Like, it really it wants more color. And it has, like, the maximum amount of colors it could possibly display. Yeah. But it just looks like it needs more colors. Yeah, and, and I don't feel that way very often while playing the Nintendo. But I can see how, particularly when you talk about your memories of having a Turbo Graphics and being like, who wants to play the NES? It, you're not shitting. I mean, yeah. the lack of colors <laughs> on the NES, it doesn't always catch me off guard, but there's certain games where I'm just like, this game could have used four or five more colors on the display. Definitely. Yeah, the shotgun, I almost didn't pick up the first time because it's just this yellow stick. Yeah. Yellow is your butcher knife and yellow is the shotgun. Once again, get to the shotgun on Splatterhouse. Get to the shotgun on on Naughty Graffiti Splatterhouse, then you could turn the game off. Use this shotgun once. You're going to love it. You're going to say, oh, this is where every single iOS game that I've ever played <laughs> with a shotgun, this is much better than it, and it happened 30 years ago or what have you. Okay, well, here's Mr. Lobo. Thanks for listening to our spooktacular October for We Talk Games. You have anything else to say about spooktacular? We've been planning it since July. We have. <laughs> Vote stinky, everybody. Vote stinky. And uh, if you want to be one of the people holding the eight and a half by 11 banners for stinky, eight and a half hundred feet by 1100 feet, hit us up on Twitter. We hope that you like us. Mr. Lobo, take us home for the last time. And we love you. And we will continue to support you throughout our lives. I might be dead by now. Who knows? Bye-bye. Greetings, trick-and-treaters. This is your horror movie host, Mr. Lobo, from Cinema Insomnia. I would tell you to watch my 15-year anniversary show, Halloween specials, and a new season on my Roku channel, OSI74, but you'll probably be playing video games. Maybe you could have Mr. Lobo on in the background. Might make it scarier. Give it a try. 
I'd like to thank We Talk Games for inviting Mr. Lobo to haunt their five-week spooktacular. It was a privilege to present five of the all-time scariest games of all time. What about Dig Dug? You know, digging in the ground, exploding, underground dwellers with a bicycle pump, you know? That's scary. There could be a cave-in. Maybe next year. Have a happy Halloween. And perhaps we'll creep into each other again sometime. Game over. Maniacal laugh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 